0: Welcome to Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we talk about the stories,
1: conversations, and situations that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry, and I'm going to start reading from our text this week that begins in chapter uh, 8 of Mark. Jesus went on. With his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers... Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory, in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God has come with power.
0: Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could. Could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus.
1: A couple of things really um, I guess hit me in, in that middle section. over the past uh, couple of weeks really been um, thinking about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God really means. And what I've been reading, again and, and um, is that so often we think of the kingdom of God as heaven and that eternal place that we will go at some point when we're no longer living here. But the reality that the kingdom of God is here now among us, and we are part of that kingdom today. And so that last line that Jesus says, truly I tell you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God has come with power. Well, is that Jesus' resurrection that he's talking about? Is it the day of Pentecost? Is it the, the formation of the church, the, the, the apostles going out to proclaim the good news to the kingdom, to the people who are in the kingdom? And so to me, it, today, it took on a so much more earthy now flavor than that eschatological future end times type of dialogue. And it really hit me that, oh, he's talking about in two weeks or two months or uh, not sure exactly when, when this story takes place, but he's talking about soon and the kingdom of God being here now.
0: So how would you say that changes things for you? You know, you talk about that shift from thinking about heaven as purely a futuristic one, one day somewhere down the road thing to moving it to a here and now thing, um, which I think is is a new way for some folks to think about it. What does that change for you uh, as, as you think about God's kingdom
1: here and now? I think it it makes what we do and say and how we live that much more important. So this morning at at the men's group Bible study, we ended up talking about forgiveness a lot and how forgiveness isn't necessarily for the people who have offended you. It's really for you, uh, the person who needs to forgive, so that you're able to put that event or that that hurt in the past and be able to have life uh, today, in the kingdom today. And that was another part that that hit me, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So what does it mean to deny ourselves? Is that denying myself the, the hate and the anger that I feel at the person who offended me? Am I supposed to deny, <laughs> deny the, the pleasure of hating somebody um, and take up that cross of forgiveness? and carry that cross of forgiveness with me for my life today. So it says, for those who want to save their life will lose it. So I'm going to save my forgiveness until someday in the future, maybe in that heavenly realm, and I'm going to hang on to this grudge forever. <laughs> and what we are doing yeah. is losing our life today. We are losing our time in the kingdom to be loving and uh, making a difference in the world Today, not some futuristic place down the road. It
0: makes me think of communion, I guess. And we don't sing this as a part of the liturgy anymore, uh, but it's still on my mind, I guess. Growing up in a tradition where we sang it regularly, about this being a foretaste of the feast to come. So you get a you get to begin to experiment with what kingdom living is like here and now. It's uh, it's not fully here yet. But as Mark starts his gospel off, the beginning of the good news of the kingdom of God, um, and that's saying that in Christ's coming, it's begun to arrive. Um, So sometimes I think about a reversal of that direction of us moving towards heaven to heaven moving in more and more on this world all the time, not fully here yet. I mean, you don't have to look far to know we're not in heaven at present. (laughs) but um,
1: Not close, yeah.
0: But yeah, there's an invitation here to begin to experience that kingdom life and um, try it out. You know, just like you were saying, there's there's no sense in holding off on these things um, until some time in the future. You can begin to practice them, to exercise them now. There's another interesting tie here, too, for those who are maybe paying attention to the seasons here. I mean, after this worship service this weekend, the uh, following Wednesday will be Ash Wednesday and so we're kind of on a turning point here of this is known as Transfiguration Sunday or this uh, Transfiguration weekend where Jesus reveals himself. And we're in this season right now that's called Epiphany that starts off with Jesus' baptism, too. So there's an interesting connection in God speaking to Jesus and others hearing about who Jesus is. So you think an epiphany is a new understanding or something being revealed. And so we've kind of been in this season of revealing who Jesus is before we turn to this season of looking at Jesus traveling to Jerusalem and uh, concluding that season with his crucifixion. But we begin and end this season of revealing about who Jesus is with these words from God. "Um, This is my son. This is my beloved. That's the same thing that we heard in the baptism, too. So you kind of have that nice uh, bookend to this season of God saying, here's my son. Uh, keep watching him, keep listening to him and looking to him. And what's always struck me, too, is how this transfiguration closes. Suddenly they looked around and they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And so to say, in spite of all this dazzling of uh, this this scene that takes place here, the transfiguration has always been a confusing piece for me, uh, aside from to end with what we had before it and there's only Jesus. Listen to him. Yeah,
1: that's a a great way to look at it because for me also the transfiguration story is always confusing. You know what is what is the message that really uh, we are trying to get out of that, and and maybe it is that connection with the baptism and and saying here Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, this is my son, my beloved got that at the beginning. And now it, like you said, is going to take this dramatic turn and he's going to head towards the cross. Yeah, And it's not in this one, but in one of the transfiguration stories, Moses and Elijah are talking about Jesus' upcoming exodus or departure. Mm-hmm. And, and that his life here is soon done. So kind of those bookends that we are that we're dealing with. And now we begin a new a new phase and a new story. I think the other the other part that obviously I think fits very well for us today is just like the disciples not getting it, not understanding their role in the kingdom and the upcoming kingdom. Peter's like, No, Jesus, that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what you're going to do. This is what the Messiah does. And Jesus is like, no, that's, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. And so often I believe we become focused on the wrong things and we fail to see what it is that God is really calling us to do. And we worry about the, the, little, the little junk in this world and not, not the, big, the big story. Yeah, we get
0: again here at the start of this reading, he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about it. Peter gets it right, and as far as the words that come out of his mouth, um, but precisely because of what you said, Jesus continues to tell them. You don't really know what the focus is here, what this is about, and so we continue to hear that until uh, until he's crucified. And Jesus doesn't really commission the disciples um Well, we don't get it at all in Mark's gospel, but in Matthew's until after the resurrection or as far as Luke's gospel goes until the book of Acts after he's died and been raised from the dead. And then at that point, they're sent And Okay, now we finally arrived at what this is about. And um, there's there's lots of um, pieces of glory going on here. You know, who knows when Peter says, you're the Messiah, that's right. Uh, But the question might be, and what sort of Messiah, you know? one who's going to die and that's what's so confusing for Peter in the next scene turns around and wait a minute wait a minute you're the Messiah and you're going you're the one we've waited for and you're going to die no way you know and that's uh, where he gets rebuked and uh, the harsh critique get behind me Satan you're thinking about earthly things not divine things and so again that's why you've got this uh, the fancy word for it is the, the messianic secret Jesus continues to say shh (laughs) <laughs> don't, you don't know what you're talking about, just
1: chill. <laughs> yeah, be, be quiet for a little while longer, and then, and then it'll all become clear to you. Yes, yes. And then share it with the world. Yes,
0: and, and really, when you think about it, um, here you've got Christ who dies and raises from the dead, and that's far beyond what anybody, their, their wildest dreams of a messiah I would imagine, you know, they're they're thinking probably someone who's going to become a, a military leader, or lead them into the age of glory again. Yeah. But I don't think anybody had their mind on someone who uh, would come back from the dead and can conquer death itself. That's that was beyond what they were imagining at that point. And so, yeah, he's telling them, don't don't confuse people until you've got the whole story to share. Yeah, it's, it's better
1: than you think. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is a way better story than where you're where you're going. Yeah.
0: I put the same question to you listening to this, too, to think about what Pastor Perry raised with thinking about the kingdom as something here and now coming into heaven, coming into this life here and now. And obviously, again, we're not fully there, but how does that idea change the way that you think about heaven? If it's something here and now and something that you can participate in right now, how does that affect the way that you live or that uh, your faith comes through in your life? Another question that I would have, too, Jesus is asking the question of, who do people say that I am? And Peter kind of stumbles into the answer, you are the Messiah, um, but not fully knowing exactly what that means at that that point. Um, I just think that's a fair question, too, that if someone were to ask you today, you know, who is Jesus or why? Sure, I think he was a great teacher and, and he had some good moral stories to share, um, but why should I... Beyond that, why should I have any concern for Jesus? Who is this Jesus fellow? How might you answer that?
1: The question would be is, when have you heard a story, but then you realized you only heard part of the story? You had your mind pretty much made up on what was happening, and then all of a sudden you hear another part of the story, and you go, oh, wow, this wasn't what I was thinking it was. And that's what happens for the disciples here. So, have you ever heard part of a story, heard the rest of the story, and been very surprised?
0: That makes me think of the movie, and I, I probably brought this up in this podcast before, but uh, The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis and how that movie, you think you know what's going on and who's who in it, and then you get in, get to the end of the story, and there's a big flip that changes the way you understand the the whole of the movie there. Um, it's been out for quite a while, but that's a, a great example of a cinematic version of this. Like, don't say anything till the end because you really, it's not what it seems.